I guess because I had really lost myself, I really threw myself into into health and fitness. And I found myself comparing a lot to other girls on social media and just in general, um, other girls in Australia. So just naturally from like a cultural point of view, an Australia, a typical Australian female looks very different to a typical uh, New Zealand Maori or Pacific Islander. So my dad's full Islander, so I've got like big island genes in, in me. And I just knew like our body shapes were very different. So I found when I came here, I was trying to, I was trying to match what their body looked like. And that was just impossible for these Samoan thighs. They weren't going anywhere. Um, <laughs> so I felt, I think I like created a really bad relationship with my body and I would be overtraining, doing lots of cardio. I'd be training three times a day, twice a day, going home and not eating dinner and then going straight to bed. What is up everyone, I am Lachlan Samuel and this is the Open Up Podcast, the show where real people open up and share real stories of struggle. Welcome back to the Open Up Podcast, everyone. It's episode 54 with Tanisha Miski Heinel. Yes, yes, you got yes. it right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, straight off the bat, describe you as a woman and as a human for us, please. Oh, my goodness. Hitting them with a the hard question straight away, Lachlan. Um, I think I am like, my personality is a bit quirky. Like, I love to do stupid things. I love um, just, like, I'm really, really, really clumsy. So, for example, um, if I do something clumsy, people around me are not surprised. Like, oh, Tin, like, typical. Or I just say the dumbest shit. Like, I'd be like, oh, we're going up south. Uh, nice. south is <laughs> South is down. Like, <laughs> so I guess, like, a bit of my personality is that I'm clumsy. I'm a bit quirky. Um, as a woman... Um, that's really hard. I guess I like to think of myself as independent or I guess that's, that's what I kind of want to be striving for just because in the past I've relied so much on my family and I've been in a relationship for eight years now. I've always kind of had that codependence on someone else. So I guess a big part of my journey now is stepping into independence and making choices for myself and doing things that I want to do. And if I kind of lose friends or if I have people that don't understand what I'm doing, then I kind of just stay on my path and stay true to who I am. So, cool. yeah, I guess that's how I would describe myself and just like really caring and super emotional. Super emotional? <laughs> like I find that people always come to me and tell me their problems like I would have met them from a day and they will just open up to me. <clears throat> and like I feel like when I'm listening to them, I'm just like I can feel what they're feeling. It's crazy. So a, a big thing that I need, like I know that I need to do is once I've spent time with lots of people, I really need to like spend time by myself and kind of cleanse away all of that energy that's built up. Otherwise, I'll find myself in just a really negative or down space because I've taken on everyone else's emotions yeah. and I guess put mine to the side. So you're an empath slash healer. <laughs> I don't know. I think so. <laughs> Yeah, I 100% agree with that, and I think anyone who's 
comfortable in that space and providing space for people to open up and to be vulnerable, it's important mm-hmm. to give yourself time to release a lot of that energy as well. Oh, 100%. And I think that's when it like, um, like training comes down to it. So like, I love my fitness and, um, I was a personal trainer, but I felt I kind of lost the love for that because I guess I was focused on other people so much that I kind of lost that as an outlet for myself. Yeah. So stepping away from one-on-one personal training, um, just when I got back from New Zealand, getting married, um, I've noticed a huge difference in my energy levels and how excited I am to take on the day instead of feeling really, really drained. That's really cool. Yeah. I know that I've been through <laughs> the fire. I've obviously doing this podcast. I have people reaching out who are like, man, I'm going to take my life today. Can you help me? And it's like, oh shit. And yeah. I've done that over and over and then comes to a point where I have a breakdown and I just start crying and I'm like, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. go to the gym. I just want to eat donuts. Oh my God, donuts every Saturday at 8 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) Okay, Um, can you give us like a quick breakdown of your childhood and up until 19, which is pretty much like the first story you're going to share? I had a really good childhood, I feel. Uh, And because of that, while I've been older, I've really had the story like, who am I to help people when I've not really gone through any struggle? Yeah. And I guess I've kind of, I've kind of, my stories or my little struggles, I've kind of devalued them because of how much hardship other people have gone through. And I've really had this like imposter syndrome, I guess, of who am I to help people or make an impact when, you know, I had such a good upbringing. So I guess my upbringing, um, I was very sporty. I loved performing. Um, I, I honestly suck at singing so bad, but I entered all the talent shows. Like I remember doing one when I was, oh, I must have been about seven and I sang Alicia Keys' um, Falling song yeah. and the vocals are just crazy and I had my hair braided and these white pants on and I got up on the back of this truck and I just like performed to everyone and like I just loved it. And still to this day I love singing and dancing and all that stuff even though I'm not good at it if I could come back in another life I honestly pray that I was a performer because <laughs> there's something about dancing and singing it's just like it brings out your inner child in you and and that's something I really love and the and the seriousness of everything that we do day to day and you know hustling and goal chasing and go 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 we kind of forget to play and yeah. be silly and just be a child again so um, those things that I enjoyed in my childhood, I try to bring them into my adult life as much as possible um, just to give me that sense of like it's just life, you know, like don't take things so serious all the time. That's um, really cool. Yeah. So, but, yeah, just super sporty and love singing and dancing and, yeah. That's awesome. Um, with the performing, is that something that <laughs> you were nurtured with? Is that something you were brought up with with your parents or is that something you learnt yourself growing up because that like honestly the thought of singing in front of people makes me want to melt into my seat (laughs) yeah 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 um my parents are very very shy and so is my sister so I guess I'm a little bit of an outlier in sense that my parents aren't very out there and quirky and they don't put themselves you know in uncomfortable situations like that in front of a crowd so when I did it, I was definitely supported, but yeah. I, I don't know where I got it from because no one in my family is, is really like that. 
Um, and I guess coming from New Zealand and being Māori, kapahaka is a big part of the culture. Yeah. So being involved in like um, performing Māori arts since I was little, I guess maybe that that was something and I was really encouraged to do that all the time. Um, but I found as I got older with kapahaka and, and Māori language, <clears throat> I was always peer pressured to to speak the language, not by more by my teachers. Yeah. And I, maybe it beca- because I was um, – I did get good grades and I was a Māori student. I was kind of pushed towards really embracing that. And for some reason, I still to this day don't really know why, but for some reason as soon as I got to high school, I dropped all of – I didn't take Māori like for a class or for a language or anything and I just really like pushed myself aside from that, which, yeah, to this day I don't know why really. Yeah, I did the same, but I think that's because I didn't feel like I fit in as a Māori. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not like the yeah, classic. Yeah, interesting. A lot of our families from the bush, um, from the village yeah. in Topol, and so mm-hmm. I didn't fit in there. I was a city boy, and yeah. I like doing city things. I didn't hunt, didn't fish, so it made it real hard. Not for me the to typical. <laughs> you weren't going out and getting some kaimoana. No, not at all. <laughs> I was probably going to drown if I went in the ocean. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know what. I think it was just the pressure of of having that background through primary school and intermediate, which is a school you go to between primary and high school. Yeah. Um, and then once I got to high school, I was just like, no, nah, I'm going <laughs> to, no, I'm not going to do that. But it's, I guess that's something interesting will be for me to reflect on after we have this conversation because I've never really sat down and thought about why I decided to make that decision because now when I'm older, I wish I could speak Māori. Yep. Like, I really wish I really wish I do. And um, when I go back home to New Zealand, I love the culture, but I am I am so far like you're so close to it, but you're so far away. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. I feel like for me, like having because I've reflected on this and worked through it, a lot of the feeling of not being good enough is around that. And I think mm-hmm. it was easier for me to distance myself from the culture and from the people, um, mm-hmm. like to choose to distance myself rather than being distanced by other people. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't get let down in that yeah, sense. Yeah. You've already so done it yourself. I choose. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, beautiful. Okay. So first story, 19 years old, mm-hmm. moving from NZ to Perth. You okay to walk us through that one? Yeah. So um, I met my partner Thor when I was, well, my husband Thor when I was 16. And if y'all don't um, know... This man is beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful specimen. (laughs) Good old thought. Um, I met him when I was 16 and I was just like obsessed from the beginning. So um, because we're from such a small town, I guess he wanted to get out of there. He had bigger ambitions for himself and he just didn't want to fall into the nine to five kind of everyday work life, working at a pack shed or whatever like was available from our small town. So he had his cousin that lived in Perth, so Thor moved over um, and obviously told me, and I was like, okay, cool, I'll, you know, I'd love to come over too. Not necessarily because I wanted to move to Perth, but more just because I loved him so much that I couldn't see myself being without him. So I more came to Perth for him rather than for us or for myself. So he went to Perth for six months, came back to New Zealand, um, got me, and then we came back over together. And when I arrived in Perth, um, I loved it. I was super excited to be here. But like a week after that, the, it kind of all went a little bit downhill and I felt really, really lost. 
Um, I was hanging out with all of his friends and doing all the things he kind of wanted to do. And he was having his apprenticeship. So he was doing all these amazing things. And I thought I'd be going to university back in New Zealand. So all of my plans kind of fell to the wayside because I had I chased my lover overseas, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I knew that I wanted to do something amazing with my life. And I knew, I knew I was destined for more, I guess, without sounding cocky. I like, I just had this feeling like I knew I was here to do something and moving away from New Zealand just made me really lost. And I didn't know what that was anymore. Um, so I started going to the gym. That was a big like part of the culture over here in Australia and I really fell in love with it. So because of that, I decided to study my, like, to be a personal trainer. Cool. And I studied that. And then, um, this is really long story short, I fell in love with personal training, um, got some clients, and really enjoyed that. But really, and that's when I kind of started to find my feet and felt like I had a purpose. So that was the starting of, like, okay, I've got a purpose to be here. It's in the health and fitness industry. And I was doing that for a couple of years until recently when I just uh, quit Um, because I realized the kind of clients or the kind of girls that I was attracting into my personal training business were girls that had deeper issues than just they wanted to get a workout and wanted to be fit and wanted to look a certain way. It was because they had, you know, low, low body confidence and they had all these stories about the way their body looked or their relationship with their food was off. And I found myself interacting with those girls more in an emotional sense and in a physical sense, um, which is when I, I guess I decided to transition into um, like my event soul chats. Yeah. So and am that's... I doing this right? I'm like, am I podcasting properly? I'm just useless at telling no, stories. No, no, that's, that's how we got in contact. That's how, I mm-hmm. first heard about you. This is why I've been hassling to get you on is because chicks have gone to Soul Chat, um, mm-hmm. got so much value from it and then reached out to tell me that you are someone of value worth like having on the podcast and sharing your story. But you're doing a good oh, job. Thanks, guys. Like, Thank just, you. Just chill. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. It's cruisy. <laughs> but I guess my my struggle in all of that was my own relationship with food and my own relationship with um, body image, which is why I could relate to these girls so much. So, um, I guess because I had really lost myself, I really threw myself into, into health and fitness and I found myself comparing a lot to other girls on social media and just in general, um, other girls in Australia. So just naturally from like a cultural point of view, an Australia, a typical Australian female looks very different to a typical uh, New Zealand Maori or Pacific Islander. So my dad's full Islander, so I've got like big island genes in, in me. And I just knew like our body shapes were very different. So I found when I came here, I was trying to, I was trying to match what their body looked like. And that was just impossible for these Samoan thighs. They weren't going anywhere. Um, <laughs> So I felt I think I like created a really bad relationship with my body and I would be overtraining, doing lots of cardio. I'd be training three times a day, twice a day, going home and not eating dinner and then going straight to bed. And then like I would kind of do that Monday to Friday and then Saturday, Sunday, I would just like eat everything I could until I felt sick. And I didn't really see it as a problem while I was in it. I kind of thought it was normal. There was lots of other girls that were kind of doing similar things because we all had 
a bit of a broken mindset about, you know, what true beauty is or what it is to be fulfilled and to be happy. It was kind of normal and amongst the girls that I was hanging out with. So I didn't see anything wrong with it until I guess I grew and started doing personal development. And then I was like, ah, these are the reasons behind my behavior. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so when you move over, did you have any idea of who you, who you were, what you're meant to be doing? Um, before I moved to Australia, I thought I was going to, to go to university and maybe study law, but I, I wanted to study law because my mum wanted to study law, not because, not because I wanted to study law. And, and at the time I didn't know them. This is, I can just tell you this now by having like reflected on my thoughts and, and reasonings for that. But I remember my mum telling me when I was a little girl that, she wanted to study law and be a lawyer and she never got to do that. So I think just subconsciously I kind of took that on as something that I should be doing. Yeah. So um, I thought I was going to study law or be like a social worker and help troubled children because um, I've got a couple of family members that like are just in a really unfortunate situation and they're little kids and it's just the way they're brought up is not ideal and because of that they've fallen into bad habits and into the kind of the gang life and all of that kind of stuff. So I wanted to be someone to help them. So I knew I wanted to help people um, and that was kind of the avenue I thought I was going to go down. But looking like looking back, I don't think I could do that now because ch- like dealing with children or seeing children like that every day would like break me. So I don't think I could like emotionally do that job now, but that's what I thought I was going to do before I moved to Perth. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you said you came here for thought. Was that like obviously people who give up their own life plans to chase their partner or to do what their partner wants to do throughout the <laughs> the entirety of their life? They hold resentment. Was there any resentment there in that period where you were feeling lost? I think it was more envy. I don't think I resented him, but I think I was very envious of him having found his thing and and having making progress in life and achieving all of these things and getting noticed for it. I think I was very envious because he had all this, all these things going and and I had nothing for myself and being, being someone coming through primary school and then intermediate being head girl and then, you know, high school being a prefect and all these cool things. I, I guess I was always praised as, as a young person for how well I was doing and, you know, all of these kind of things. And then when I came here, I, I guess my ego got hit a little bit and I didn't really have anything to be yeah, proud of, I guess. Yeah. Legit, like a loss of identity. Yeah. Being someone who yeah. has such high well, there's such high expectations on you from the outside world to do mm-hmm. well. No wonder you were thinking of law school. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, my goodness. No, I, w- I don't even – I would not go to university now. Like, if you go to university, power to you, girl, but that is not, not my thing. Yeah, that is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so moving forward, what made you choose personal training? Um. That was the only thing that I guess I found in Australia that I loved was health and fitness, and I really enjoyed being at the gym. Um, and like everyone in our household, so when we first moved here, there are about 
six of us living in a small house and everyone went to the gym. Yeah, so we were kind of on the um, the gym train, the eating dry chicken, broccoli, you know, all that fitnessy stuff. <laughs> and so I guess I, I kind of took that on as my identity and I started to um, post things on Instagram and from that I got a lot of people commenting and liking and then my ego started to really enjoy that and enjoy the attention. So I just keep pushing myself further in that because um, – I liked the validation at that point. I, I thrived off it. I liked people liking my photos and I liked people telling me how good I looked and all of these things. So it was a big boost to my ego, which honestly is probably the truth behind why I got into it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's the truth for most people. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, that's a massive paradox between <clears throat> you liking the validation for how you looked and who you were or who mm-hmm. you're portraying yourself to be. And then comparing yourself to Australian girls and not being comfortable with yes. how you looked in comparison. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like so many of us look up to people um, on Instagram and say like, oh, you know, they're so happy. They look amazing. Little do they know their mindset behind or the reasoning behind why they're doing certain things. And I uh, about a year ago, I scrolled to the bottom of my Instagram page and I kind of slowly made my way up till now. And I was like, it's so interesting, um, the evolution of the kind of posts I would write and I guess the evolution of my mindset and the reasoning why I was posting these photos. So it kind of went from like pointless um, photos on Instagram and my brown undies and just seeking validation to, I guess, up to up to now where it's just it's very, I feel like I'm very self-aware and I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that now. Not that I have nothing against that, but I think if I was to post that now, it would, it would not be because I'm trying to provide value. It would be because I'm trying to seek validation. And I know that I don't need that because now I understand that, you know, everything I need is inside and I don't need to go seeking from that, from the external world. Yeah. How have yeah. you, obviously <clears throat> what I guess You've become more heart-based. You're obviously mm-hmm. doing soul chats, which actually can you let us know what soul chats is before I bloody talk about it? Yeah, so I've only done two soul chats and it was kind of something that was on like – did ideas come to you in the shower? Do you have a place where ideas just come to you? Like I feel like mine's a shower, like everything <laughs> is just coming to me. So I had this idea that I really wanted to speak to women – um, so I sat down, done some brainstorming and soul chats is kind of the name that I came up with. And before I had even written the first speech, I put tickets for sale because I knew that it was something like on my soul to do, but I was really scared. And I knew that if I waited to write this perfect speech, then it would never, it would never happen. So I put the tickets on sale and, and crazy, they, like they sold out, which was awesome. And, and I guess it's, it's an event where, um, it's a women's only event, so it's a women's event. It's a safe space for people to come and share their stories and for me to share my story and empower them to know that they are enough, to know that they are love and any feelings or anything that they think outside of that is is just coming from a space of fear. Um, and just talking about why they have these certain body image issues and where they could have come from, I guess coming to the source of where they've come from and kind of breaking those stories down or those limiting beliefs down so that they can have confidence in in their internal self and then in their external self as well. That's awesome. 
super empowering. And Thanks. you say you're going to do another one sometime soon? Yeah, well, I'm having another one on the 26th of April. Yep. So tickets will be on sale tomorrow. Cool. Yeah, jump on it, ladies. Is that called a plug? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'll put the link in the show notes as well. Awesome. Um, so <clears throat> in talking about your transition from this girl who was seeking validation, posting mm-hmm. photos in her bra and undies to now doing soul chats and having dropped one-on-one personal training, how have you gone with coping with that loss of validation? Um, I think it just started by accepting me for who I was and stop trying to put on this facade or all these mini masks of this, this other woman, I guess that I have had turned myself into from seeking the external validation. Um, and in terms of like accepting myself for physically for what I looked like, um, it really helped by just looking at myself in the mirror yeah. And just not like really recognizing, okay, this is my body shape. You know, this is what my legs look like. This is what my arms look like. Radi, radi, rada. And then I guess just doing that continuously and just really appreciating the imperfectness of your body and how that makes you so different to someone else. Yeah. And then finding not only the imperfect things, but the things you really like about your body and the things that you're proud of and, um, dressing in a way that accentuates you know the good parts of your body and makes you feel empowered and feminine or makes you feel quirky like I think that's something that's helped um, which I've only just realized is kind of the way you dress can really express your personality or how you want to feel like if you want to feel feminine and sexy then dress that way or if you want to feel fun and quirky then put on something fun and quirky and that can kind of bring alive your personality and get people to see a part of you as well from not just like physically what you look like, but I guess what you look like in your clothes, the clothes that you choose to wear. That's super powerful. Yeah. For anyone who's struggling with validation issues or like a struggle with identity, (laughs) self-acceptance is the first part to any major change. Mm -hmm. Because unless you accept yourself for who and what you are, you're always going to seek validation to prove that you're good enough. Yes. And I found that I've attracted a small group of friends that really do see like see me with no mask and really do know who I am. And those people have been really powerful because they've given me permission to be everything that I am with no, no, like nothing to hide behind. And the more I surround myself around those people, the more confident I am to be that person in the front of strangers, I guess. That's really cool. Yeah. And I think especially with people who have social media followings, like, when you're beginning this transition where you're going from someone who's strictly like fitness and it's all about how you look and how you present mm-hmm. yourself physically, when you're going through the transition, you're going to have people drop off or comment about what you're doing and asking why you're doing it, why you're changing. Mm-hmm. But it's important to understand that those people aren't supposed to be around for the rest of the journey. If they can't accept your changes, if they can't, I guess, help you on your path then it's okay to just let those people go 100 percent, and you know those people need people that can help them with where they're at and if i'm not that person then they need to unfollow me because that's not serving them then exactly do you know what i mean so it's not fair of them to follow me if they don't need me in their life and it's not fair of me to 
hang on to a number of followers if if that's not the right thing to do. Yeah. So, like as well as that though, it's very interesting to see other girls changing and kind of coming along the same path. I think there's a big revolution or awakening at the moment where people are becoming more self-aware and more conscious and and all these certain things. And I I was having a conversation with a friend the other day about um, girls that get their lips done. And I actually got my lips done about six months ago now. And I was was looking back because I was like, oh, looks like my lip filler's gone out. Maybe I should get them done again. I was like, hold the fuck up. Like, why did I get them done in the first place? Was it truly for myself? Or was it because again, of external validation, I was like, okay, I know some beautiful girls around me that have their son and they look amazing. And because of that, I felt the pressure that I needed to go get them done. Yeah. And if I didn't get them done, then, you know, I was, I was judging myself for that or again, comparing myself for that. So I really had to sit back and say, okay, why did I get it done? Do you know, just having bigger lips make me a like, better person or make me more true to who I am? No, it doesn't. And it doesn't align with my values. So it's not true of myself to go do that. So I guess although I have come a long way with body image and confidence and all these things, I still have times where I do fall into conditioning and I do um, fall into society's expectations. But it's just being self-aware that you can kind of pull yourself back and be like, okay, I made that decision out of fear out of a need for external validation and you know now I choose this yeah that's powerful yeah and that's one of the best parts about self-development and learning from everything that you've been through especially a challenge Mm -hmm. especially going through the fire is cultivating that self-awareness so that when you do mess up when you do something that is out of alignment then you Mm -hmm. can pull yourself back take time to assess it and then move on after having learned One, from it. Yeah, 100%. And I think what will help with that is falling in love with things about you that aren't physical. Yeah. Like, and really, really figuring out what kind of personnel are you and what do people like about you? You know, if you go ask your closest friends, what do you like about me? They're not going to say, oh, I like your lips. You know, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna tell you personality traits that I like, they like about you or they like these certain values that they hold. So maybe sit down and figure out what they are for you. Maybe even ask a few of your friends what what they enjoy the most about you and really fall in love with those things because I guess that makes up who you are. Awesome, buddy. That's beautiful. Um, Moving on. We've got about 15 minutes left. So what – I know you gave me things like uh, gratitude, self-awareness, talking Mm -hmm. to the universe – and journaling, um, mm-hmm. can you give us a run through on those and how you implemented them in your life to help you overcome or learn from those challenges? Yeah. Um, I think a huge part of my transformation mindset-wise has been diving into spirituality and having faith or belief in something bigger than myself and knowing that I'm always supported. And for many people, that's God or, um, you know, whatever is related to their religion. And I, I wasn't a religious person being brought up. My, my family aren't religious or anything like that. So um, I never really had any attachment to anything. But spirituality gave me, I guess, something. It gave me something bigger than myself to believe in or to, to know that it's supporting me, which I just call the universe or other people call source or 
whatever you call it, I feel like it's the same thing. We just all have a different name for it. Um, And so I guess some people pray, which would be my version of talking to the universe. That's what I call it. So I'll drive home every day in my car. Um, I'll be listening to music and I get to this certain place where um, it's on my route home and there's lots of trees. And normally when I'm driving home, there's lots of birds and stuff like that. So I turn my radio off and I just say, hey, universe, what's up? Like, I love you so much. Today I'm so grateful for blah, 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 blah. And I just like really sit in a in a state of gratitude and think about the things I'm grateful for. I, I'm grateful for, you know, the bad things as well as the good things, the people, the opportunities, all that stuff. And then I just start to feel um, just really warm and fuzzy and sometimes emotional, good old tin with the tears. Um, and it's just awesome. And then after that, I ask, like, you know, I'd really like support or I'd really like help in attracting this into my life. Or right now I'm struggling with X. Um, please give me a sign um, on how I can overcome this or just whatever. And I've found that that's really helped me to attract the things that I want into my life, into my life. And I don't, I don't know how it happens and I don't know the science behind it, but there's just a knowingness that whatever you put out there in terms of like writing something down or speaking it into existence or thinking it in your head, it is so powerful as an energy form and you're just going to attract whatever whatever you put out there right back, whether that's negative or positive. It is super powerful. Being in gratitude, not only are you going to teach your your mind or your brain to search for the good, the good in situations, whether it's a bad or good situation you're in, but mm-hmm. it's also like when you experience an emotion, you're experiencing an emotion that gives off a certain frequency or vibration and if yeah. you're vibrating at a certain frequency, you're going to attract that frequency back. So yes. gratitude is a very high vibration like joy, peace, and love. And so if yeah. you are, I guess, resting in that state and that frequency and that vibration, you're just going to attract that back. And obviously, like 100%. speaking things into existence, that's powerful too. Yeah. And even when, even when I've attracted negative situations into my life, or positive. I think it's just having the self-awareness to know that you're responsible for whatever happens yeah. to you in your life. And, you know, obviously some things you, you're not responsible for is like how someone reacts to you. Say if a stranger jumps you on the side of the street or whatever, maybe you're not responsible for that, but you're responsible for how you react to that situation. You know, you could be negative and angry and furious and all these negative emotions, or you could be compassionate towards that person because what have they had to, go, had to have gone through to do something like that. Yep, exactly. So just like the self-awareness and knowing that you are responsible for the state that you're in and you can change it at any time gives gives you so much power, so yep, much power. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm sure we all know someone who's always saying something like, why does this always happen to me? Or we all know yes. that person who always gets lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's because yeah, they attract Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I know, and people are like, oh, this law of attraction bullshit. It's like whether you believe it or not, it's it's happening to you, and, yeah, it's happening to you. Guys, it's happening to you, okay? (laughs) Sort your shit out. You want to attract some good stuff, put out the good vibes. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) Okay. Um, Talking to the universe, journaling. That was another Mm -hmm. one. How have Mm -hmm. you implemented that, and how has it helped? 
That's been a practice that I've just started recently and it's something that we do in Soul Chats as well. Cool. So I'll ask everyone questions and they and um, they get given journals and they have to kind of journal the answer to that question because I want them to continue it when they're going home. But it's a new practice that I've implemented um, and I kind of just let my hand do whatever it needs to do. So, for example, I'll get my book out. Um, normally I'll make sure that I'm in a really centered space. I'm grounded. I'm not stressed. I'm not overthinking. I'm just like calm and grounded. I get my book out, get my pen out and I'll just write, um, higher self, you know, please let me know what I need to know. And I just take a few deep breaths and I just let my hand go. And it's crazy because you're not consciously thinking of, okay, what next word am I going to write? It ends up being so messy, but in that is a message that deep down, you know, the universe or or whatever is trying to teach you and it's kind of putting it on paper and giving you face to face with the ugly stuff that you don't want to know because we all try to be so perfect and put together all the time and nothing's wrong with us and I've got it all together and all this kind of stuff but when you just let your hand go and trust that your higher self or your soul or your or the universe is talking to you through this piece of paper that um it's magical what comes through and the lessons you learn yeah yeah I've I did that at an art workshop uh, mm-hmm. I think she called it flow writing, and literally I couldn't stop writing poems. I like, oh wow! If I pulled away from thinking and judgment, then everything that came out was a poem. And so, like, I've been super intrigued by that. And have you dove much into poetry or anything since that not, workshop? Oh, uh, not at all. Like, I still write them, but I've yeah. never, never written a poem in my life before that. It's just odd that it's come out. <laughs> Yeah, wow. But, Maybe um, that's something you should dive into or yeah. yeah, go a bit deeper and see what that's all about. Yeah, I mean, I've, have you read a book called Big Magic by Liz Gilbert? And then, and then I could wrap it. <laughs> I could wrap the poem. With your braids? <laughs> With my braids, yeah. Um, no, I haven't read that book. I that's, haven't. Um, straight after I started writing poems, I read that book, Intuition, another important thing to follow. Um, oh my goodness yes I've got some stories about that (laughs) I have a shitload of books on audible and I just chose to read that uh, to listen to that one yeah pretty much what it talks about is because every atom is energy vibrating at a certain frequency and energy doesn't dissipate Mm -hmm. although when we die our body sinks back into the earth or whatever you choose to do with it Mm-hmm. That energy doesn't dissipate, and because the earth has an energy field around it, all that consciousness, all those thoughts get trapped in the energy field, and we can act as conduits to that consciousness and to messages and whatever the, the energy field wants to put through us. And so that's what I believe I am as a conduit for yeah. those messages and like just a vessel for whatever wants to come through. Um, yes. That's what happens with you as well. Yeah, yeah. I just it's almost having no expectation to what like what is coming through, but when you write it, you're like, okay, I I, I knew that already. It's just yeah. kind of bringing it to the surface. Like it's nothing that you don't know because you know everything because it's inside you. Do you know what I mean? But it's just like writing it on paper makes it so real, and you're like, okay, I need to face off with this, or I need to be proud of this, or or whatever, whatever the message that comes through. But what you said about intuition, that is, I feel like that's such a powerful tool. And everyone has got intuition. Um, There's been times that I haven't listened to my intuition. It's put me in really, 
really negative experiences and, and bad situations. And, and again, it's that self-awareness that you are responsible. You know, I, I'm responsible for that bad situation because I didn't follow my intuition or I, I didn't listen. And there's, <clears throat> there's been times relating it back to fitness where I've, I've, my body like intuitively has said, okay, take, you know, a whole week off training. You just need it. And I've taken two days off and gone back on the third day and I rolled my ankle on nothing. And I'm like, thanks universe. Like now I have to take a week off training. Do you know what I mean? It's like, listen to your intuition. It's, I feel like that's something so amazing to be connected to. Exactly. And if you follow that, you more than likely won't go wrong. Hear those stories of people who (laughs) have near death experiences and just followed their intuition. Yes. And I'm sure it's the same with, when you're meeting people, you have an intuition on that first meeting, whether you vibe with someone or not. Mm-hmm. And more than likely, if you don't follow that intuition, you end up getting fucked over or it ends up being someone that you don't vibe with. Yeah, 100%. And doing soul chats was a huge intuitive choice for me because stepping away from personal training was a huge like huge cut to my income, my weekly income. And, you know, I knew things were going to be a little bit harder financially because I was taking that cut. But intuitively, I knew that if I didn't pour my energy into soul chats, then I was going to be very unfulfilled or I almost felt like I was betraying the universe because I wasn't following my purpose that I was here to do. And I was staying safe and I was staying small and I was staying, you know, yeah, like safe in this little box because I kind of I had it all. And, and stepping outside of that and following my intuition has been scary, but you just have this knowing that it will be okay at the end of the day. Yay. I'm stoked for you. <laughs> yeah. Thank uh, you. A couple of quick questions before you wrap up. Knowing everything that you've been through, through that move and through the body image issues and comparison, now helping women through soul chats, what would mm-hmm. you say the quality of your life is like now? It's, I feel like it's, it's perfect because I feel like I am where I'm supposed to be and I just really trust in the divine timing of everything. So everything that is happening in my life right now is happening because it's supposed to be happening, whether it be good or bad. So I can't, I guess I can't really complain about that in that sense. Um, I have a lots of amazing people around me and I go to sleep every day and I'm super happy and super grateful and I wake up with a mission and I'm super excited. So um, I guess you even asking this question to me has made me reflect a little bit on how grateful I am to be where I am and to know that I actually have found my purpose after, you know, these five years of being in Australia. It's been a beautiful journey and it's cool. I feel like I'm, I'm just at the beginning of something amazing, which makes me so excited. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Um, what have you added to your life or removed from it to improve the quality of it? Um, I've added in, I guess, like more spiritual practices, um, such as like grounding myself or being out in nature or just reading spiritual content and things like that, um, being more connected with the universe. I have removed from my life um, – Uh, I I guess I don't think I've removed many people. I think naturally I've I've disconnected with a lot of people and and attracted in people that vibe with me and that on the same vibration. Um, 
And then I guess just uh, the biggest thing is removed any negative thoughts that come into my head or, or when they come into my head, I, I notice them, I recognize them and I kind of say, cool, nice to know you. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cool. (laughs) Uh, What are you most grateful for right now? Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to connect with people. I'm, I'm really grateful for that, for having this podcast with you. And um, I now manage a CrossFit gym, so I'm still okay. in the fitness industry. Yeah, so I'm managing um, CrossFit Artax, and I get to connect with so many people in there. And I think connection is something that I crave. It's something that I need. Yeah. Um, it's a big. I think it's a big human need not just only for myself, but just for humanity. We all crave connections. So the that I'm like open and available to so much connection every day, I'm really grateful for that. That's awesome. And because you are this empath who does have a need to help people, I think mm-hmm. that connection is going to be a, a lot stronger and you're going to attract the right people as well. Yeah, hugely. Okay. So last question. If you had the chance to put a message on a billboard, that you know thousands of people would see every day, what would that mm-hmm. message be? Just be. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, the, on the, that just came to me then. But just be, I think it gives permission for people to not try so hard to be something else and just, like, just the simplicity of just be who you are and what you are when you just come back to that and, and take everything else away. I promise you'll be so fulfilled. Like, whatever you do, just be. Does that make sense? Yes, 100%. Yeah. I think that's my favorite one so far. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, to wrap up, buddy, just want to acknowledge you for, first of all, taking the time to do this. It's been a long time coming, but I can understand, like, now after meeting you over Skype, why Mm -hmm. people um, reached out and said to get in touch with you. But I want to acknowledge you for what you've been through and using that growth, those lessons to help others, especially women in that mm-hmm. fitness space. It's hugely important and I'm grateful that someone like you is doing it. Thanks, Lachlan. I appreciate you so much for having me on the podcast and hopefully we can connect um, in Perth sometimes because yes, you're Perth. <laughs> yeah, that would 100%. be awesome. We can have a Kapaka performance date. Oh, God. I'm going <laughs> to melt away now. <laughs> No, thank you so much. I appreciate you and what you're doing is awesome. And I'm super proud of you and you should be proud of what you're doing as well. Thank you, buddy. You have a good day. You're welcome. Thanks, Lachlan. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.